it's okay to have an obsession. I dive into my craziest, imaginative and plain stupid obsessions. Mentally Obsessed is a podcast in which people can share and relate to obsessions anytime, anywhere. Obsessing ever again? I'll talk about it. Obsessed with World of Warcraft? Yeah, me too. Whenever the opportunity arises, I also interview celebrities or people of interest. So, what are you waiting for? Let your obsessions reign free. Hello, I'm Danielle McCray. I'm Taylor Gray. I'm Laura Post. Jelly Soar. I'm Patty Matson. What's it like to voice Ajara? Do you have a connection to the character? Yes. Ajara is... Ajara was actually one of the very first, like, super big, important roles I booked. What inspired you to become a voice actress? Uh, So what inspired me were... There were two different things. So one, it was cartoons inspired me to want to get into voice acting. What inspired you to start a tarot collection? Well, I started studying tarot about 20 years ago and I started playing WoW a little over 11 years ago. And, you know, the whole 20 years that I've been looking at tarot, I've always thought to myself that I would just really love to make a deck. What's it like to be a part of the Star Wars community? I mean, I don't know if there's any better community to be involved with. I know everyone who was a part of the show and worked on the show um, was so fortunate and grateful to be a part of it um, because it's an amazing family that you get brought into and you you realize that you go to things like Celebration was only a few weeks ago. How do you feel about Sylvanas' progression in the next expansion? Well, you know, um, I always try to uh, not be connected to judging her regardless because our our job is to deliver a performance for the character that uh, is not in judgment of, of what she's doing or what they're writing because it's to stay true to delivering. I'm joined by Erin Fitzgerald, the voice of Ural from World of Warcraft, uh, Naz from Ed, Ed, and Eddie, and loads more of the roles. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you. May Canker would be mad you left her out. She doesn't like to be left out. (laughs) You've got so many roles to remember off the top of my head. I know. (laughs) Off of the top of my head and they're my roles and I don't remember. It's just so many. No, you're right. You're right. It's a lot. It accumulates over time. How long have you been uh, voice acting for? Um, I've been acting behind a microphone since 97, 98. Before that, I, I graduated uni in 1990. So I worked in theater, television, and film for about six to eight years first before I started acting behind a microphone. Wait a second, no. No, I graduated high school in 90. I graduated uni in 94. Yeah, that's right. Oh my gosh, time sucks. <laughs> uh, what, what was theatre like for you? Did you enjoy theatre? Yeah, oh yeah, I still do theatre. Uh, yeah, it's definitely one of my favouritest things. Um, it's the best way to learn how to act. You, it, Nothing is harder than acting in theatre because it's live and things go wrong, terribly, terribly wrong. <laughs> on all so many different levels and it's such a team effort it's not just about one person it's about the entire team of people to put on a show uh it's a it's a really great experience and if you're an actor and you haven't done theater um it's definitely something you should think about doing because without it you don't become better you you really where you cut your teeth is in live performances and live theater whether you're good or bad at it you'll you'll get better as an actor one way or the other is there like any tips you'd um, give to someone like in preparation for a show? Is there anything you do to like, you know, get your head in the moment and relax? <laughs> oh my God, getting your head in the moment. Well, it, first of all, you need your head to, to leave. You can't bring your head with you anywhere. Your head get, is the thing that gets you into trouble. Um, because your head thinks about things way too much. And if you're thinking about things, you can't be something. And acting is just really being, right? It's the, it's the, the, it's kind of like a, a mastery of learning how to be in the moment 
completely let go of all opinions, attitudes, and feelings that you, the actor, have and let a character take over everything, take over your emotional body, your mental body, take everything over your physical body. And then it's the character that makes the choices. And the character has to live in the moment. And if your character isn't living in the moment, um, then you're either you're projecting what's going to happen or you're you're performing the character and you're not a believe you're not believable. You might be entertaining. You can be entertaining as a character, but not believable. Um, and I think for all actors, I don't care how good they are, the the challenge of the craft is to constantly get back to that to that moment where you 100% are the character, 100% the character's driving the car, making the choices, uh, the character's deciding what's happening and reacting to things in that moment. And when we're in the moment, when that moment happens, when we get to that, what it's referred to as the zone. When you're in the zone, you don't even know what you did when the performance is done. You can't remember any of it <laughs> because you were in it and you it was real. It was it was happening. And, um, and that's the art form. So really, the preparation is hours and hours and hours of practice, whether it's at home or in a theater or in a space, just practicing being characters and practicing trying to get into that real moment uh, without any expectations, without any no, without you directing yourself. There's nothing worse than actors directing themselves. And we all do it because we can't help it. So the worst is acting behind a microphone because you get to play your performance back and judge yourself. Ooh, how fun is that? It's terrible <laughs> because what do we know? Listening to ourselves and knowing what was going on in our head when we were performing, it's really important to have a real director, somebody outside of yourself to direct you because they're the ones that will just tell you whether they believe you or not. That's that's really the only direction there is in life. Is, uh, yeah, I didn't believe a word you said. Yeah, okay, I totally believe that. That was amazing. <laughs> that, that's about it. That's about it. What if your character went in this direction? What would that feel like? Let's see what that does. You know, that's, that's the... But, it, I mean, you can do it an entire lifetime and still not master it. That's the beauty of working on a craft. I, I'm sure most artists and... Um, musicians will agree with me it's all the same process yeah is there any like particular character you love like embodying i've got the word embodying down i don't know if that's the correct word to use in terms of actually that's the best word no one has ever said that word to me in an interview and i feel like you just nailed it on the head that is exactly what it is yes it's embodying a character I definitely put the body of the character on. Um, which meat suit do I like to put on the most? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. They're all fun. They're all ridiculous. Everything is insane. I literally played the, what was it? I played, um, I played an eardrum. <laughs> like I've played plates and forks. And so it, it's really bizarre the things that you get to do behind a microphone as a character because you get to play these ridiculous things that have ridiculous bodies um but they talk and and they have a spirit and they have a a, a point of view um so it's all fun no matter what it is for me i don't care who it is i i have fun with all of them um my heart feels the best when i'm playing Bo from the story bots and that she's the the most recent addition to my character family and she is just a love ball when i am being her my whole day gets better my heart lifts my mood lifts everybody's mood lifts who's around her she's just that type of a character um people who pretend who do impressions of my performance of her report the same thing i love that i'm like that i feel like She's my mental health character. <laughs> but May Canker is pretty ridiculous to put on because I dramatically changed my face and my body to play her. And um, and she's hilarious. She just cracks me up. She's so silly. Yeah, I like silliness. I like the characters that make me laugh the most. As opposed to the characters that make me cry my eyes out for days. 
Oh no. So there is particular characters that make you do that. Yeah, definitely. Well, Ural did. Ural is like a heart wrencher. She's gone through like her journey is so, oh, so real life. <laughs> Even though it's not real life at all, it feels like the you know the hero's journey. It's the hero's journey, which is what each of us are in our own movie of our lives. Yeah. What was it? What was it like to uh, be in World of Warcraft? Because World of Warcraft is my favorite game. I love World of Warcraft so much. Oh, now. good. Let's talk it. Yes. Um. So I was first on Warcraft in Burning Crusades. I was brought in uh, that for a bunch of additional characters for Burning Crusades. But the ones that I remember was there was a little um, section that was like a parody of the Wizard of Oz. And I got to play the crone and Dorothy. And that was hilarious and so much fun. I was like, this is redonk. I can't believe this is in a game. And... Um, and then, and then I was able to be brought in for like additional characters every once in a while. But when Ural came across my plate, I remember auditioning for her because it was one of those really strange nights where every audition in town came across my lap. So it was like mm -hmm. 30 auditions or I was recording 30 characters at the end of a long day of recording. So I was vocally already exhausted and then I had to pump out 30 new characters to apply for new jobs because the my job is 90% preparation and applying for jobs. Um, but that particular night, it was a snowball effect where I was too tired and it was just so much. And I just couldn't be precious about anything. All I had to do, all I could do physically was just trust my chops were there, trust my vocals would be there, trust my body would be able to put on 30 characters in my closet at the end of a really hard day and uh and i remember in the middle of the pack was your i don't even remember any of the other auditions from that night um but i remember the ural was in the middle of the pack and she literally was the light <laughs> which is perfect because <laughs> that's what she worships and uh and the and the copy just lit up for me and i was like oh i i feel like her and and her journey in the copy was so close to something i was experiencing in my um my regular life cuz in my regular life i was being asked to step up into a leadership position that i absolutely did not want to do uh <laughs> and i felt it was going to be very difficult and um Anyway, so it was interesting that I, I ended up booking her at that moment in my life because playing her and prepping for her and because you know, Blizzard is so great in giving you all the space in the world to create a character and to make like they just they really understand the craft and the artistry and I, I really appreciate well uh, Andrea Toyas specifically Andrea Toyas is a real she really honors the craft and gives yeah. actors the space and. Uh, and I remember after the session, being able to apply everything that Ural did into my own life. I remember almost like it was, she was like my my spiritual guide, showing me what I needed to do next for myself spiritually in order to become who I'm supposed to be. Uh, so she was a beautiful, beautiful character to get to play. And... Um, I remember when we recorded the um, the Samara section, which I won't get into, um, like the details, because spoiler alert. Yeah. But um, I just remember it was so effortless. Like I remember the first take being in the zone. Like the first take was in the zone. We got it all on the first take uh, because Ural had just taken over. And then we were trying to do multiple takes after. Let, let's try it again. Let's try it again. But by that point, my actor had shown up and was trying to recapture something that had just come out so effortlessly that it was me chasing my own performance, um, which you can't do. You can't chase a performance. It has to be real in the moment and it has to just be. And they ended up using that first take. And um, yeah, I've, I'm proud of that work. I'm really proud of my work for Worldcraft, War, Warcraft. I, I've done a lot of roles since your role as well. Um, some really fun stuff. But now that I get used a lot for Hearthstone and Heroes of the Storm, and I get mixed up now because all the worlds kind of bleed into each other. Yeah. 
So I've done so I, I've been blessed to get to work for Blizzard quite a bit and do a lot of phenomenal, interesting characters. I've interviewed quite a few uh, World of Warcraft characters and actresses and actors. Um, and Andrea Toyez comes up a lot. Uh, that oh, she's the best. Talk, talk about Andre Andrea Toyez. I wish there were more directors like her in the industry, period. I just do. I really do. I mean, I think there are a lot of good directors. They're all, I mean, because she raises the bar so high, she's at such a level of mastery with her direction that everybody else who would have been great ends up just good. <laughs> because, <laughs> like, you're good. But then there's Andrea Toyas. <laughs> and what she does and the permission she gives and the space she gives for the craft and the artistry is, um, I mean, I definitely haven't experienced anywhere else. And Andrea Toyas does, like, um, voice acting lessons, doesn't she? I remember she signed on Twitter. At one point, she does um, workshops on occasion. Please understand, her schedule is insanely busy. So when she does a workshop, it's a special occasion. Yeah, she's not available like that usually, but she loves the craft so much, and she loves actors so much. She her workshops are phenomenal. You want to learn the craft. You want to learn what's important. Take one of her classes. Uh, her classes are meant for you to explore the process not focus on performance a lot of the problem with actors right now is that they go from zero to performance without any process and without the process then you can't get better at what you're doing and you can't make choices that are outside of the tropes by going from zero to performance you're picking all tropes in terms of character choices emotional choices motivation choices you're going with fast food of acting as opposed to process which allows you to create something unique make different choices here and there um even taking the time just to collaborate with others and really uh explore and and get out of the way <laughs> getting out of the way is the <laughs> hardest thing to do as an actor because our ego is attached with it being good and if we can just get out of the way and ignore that feeling because there's no such thing as good right like <laughs> that would be like someone telling you you're not being good as a human being no you're not good <laughs> what are yeah. you human being how, how can i be good i mean maybe my behavior might be good or bad but me being a human being can't be good or bad i just am i just <laughs> am <laughs> yeah. so you can't so when we judge characters it's kind of like well that doesn't make sense they just are they just are. How do you judge a person? We do it to ourselves as actors. We're constantly judging, judging our characters instead of letting them just be and grow like real people because they are inside of us real people. <clears throat> so funny. In terms of um, like giving lessons, you've you've wrote a book on voice acting, haven't you? Oh yeah. I well, it's it's on. <clears throat> I wrote a book called uh, 10 Things Any Voice Actor Will Tell You If They Are Me. Because as voice actors, especially when you've been around as long as I have, people approach you and ask you how to get in. And it's generally the same questions over and over and over again. So I address the the 10 things that, um, basically it's my, it's a huge long love letter from me to somebody just starting out. And it's just an ebook. Um, and it, you have to go to my website to see where it is. It, 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 um, and my website is AaronFitzVO.com or AaronFitzBadass.com. And uh, the ebook is there. But there was, I did the ebook just to answer all these questions that everybody always asks me because I, I feel like I don't have the time. Like you're, you're asking me in like a 10 minute passing and I'm supposed to dump all of my wisdom onto you in 10 minutes. Like that's <laughs> impossible. That's impossible. So not only did um, I write the ebook, but then of course, you know, it didn't occur to me, but of course the community's like, are you going to do an audiobook? I'm like, oh, that's funny because I'm a voice actor and it didn't even occur to me to do an audiobook of my own ebook. Oh, that's silly. So I started the process to do the audiobook and I'm like, well, I'm bored just me reading it. Like if you're going to get an audiobook, it should be something more than just that, right? <laughs> 
And so I, I ended up after each chapter going and seeing one of my favorite actors in Los Angeles and having a discussion about the topic of the chapter for like an hour. So the the audio book is like 15 hours. Wow. <laughs> it's that uh, you get me reading the chapter but then you get an hour discussion of me with someone else just talking about the business and the industry. Now granted the, it's about I don't know I think my ebook's 4 years old now and I ha- it has chock a block filled with links and referrals and you know places you can go to to get started and stuff but I, some of those links don't work anymore and the problem is it took me forever to figure out how to create the ebook and I don't know how to go in and edit it <laughs> <to change laughs> links. like since I wrote the ebook I myself have started giving one-on-one coaching classes but I haven't been able to put that in the ebook because I don't know how to edit the ebook. <laughs> but that's okay. It just is what it is. People can find me on social media if it's really that bad. But it's doing quite well still. So I'm I guess it's working and people are happy. And I it is the easiest answer when people ask me all the deep questions. It's like, please just honestly get my ebook. I promise you, it is worth every penny. I give you everything I know. Everything I know is in that book everything I've experienced, everything I know. Plus, if you get the audiobook with all of those people, like, dude, you're literally in the room with all these people in me. It's it's pretty, it was a real labor of love and it was meant to be a gift of love. And um, I consider it part of an actor's university tr- levels training. How do you find yeah. um, teaching one-to-one classes then? I like one to one. I don't really like um, the workshops as much. I mean, I I have given workshops for large groups of people, and um, I think people get stuff out of it. I really can't tell. There's just so many people, (laughs) and it's so hard to give everybody the individual attention that they are craving. But I think it gets someone. If it's a big workshop, it gets the ball rolling. I like the private one-on-ones because it's a workout actor to actor. I give you all, like everything I give to a person is the tools and, and techniques that I use. It's everything I use every day and have been using for 20 years. So um, if you don't like my work, then maybe don't study with me. But if you do like my work <laughs> and you like my approach to characters, Maybe I have some things that might be interesting. Um, I usually don't advertise it because uh, I because I, I just do this on the side of my regular stuff, and it fits beautifully right now in my life. I'm not overbooked. It's just a nice, steady uh, group of bookings weekly that um, I can manage. I'm I'm terrified of I'm terrified of being overbooked. Yeah. Because like my the, my nightmare scenario is having like I think the most students I've ever allowed myself to have in a day would be four, and then because my nightmare is like oh I book a session on that day and I have to reschedule four people. That's a nightmare. Four whole people. Because <laughs> rescheduling is real in this industry. You know, for for sessions it happens all the time. They cancel sessions on us all the time, and I hate messing with people's lives. So like, if I only have to reschedule one person for a day, I'm like, okay, I feel I feel pretty good about that. Two people, all right, I can manage two people rescheduling. More than two people a day, I get stressed out. I feel so bad. I'm like, I'm so sorry. And then trying to find them all new spots, new homes. Oh my gosh, yeah. oh, <laughs> it no. makes me crazy. I'm not very good with that yet. Um, but I do enjoy it. I really do enjoy it. I think um, nothing makes me feel happier than watching someone learn their craft and find discover themselves as a performer and actor and, and and learning the difference between performance and acting and finding those honest moments and creating a believable character that's so unique to them that lets them know they're on the right track oh oh, oh that feeling is amazing it's so good <laughs> well my next question was going to be, so how does someone go about having a one-to-one session with you? But you just mentioned that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my website. You can do it all through my website, the Aaron Fitz. V-O, Fitz with a Z because it's Fitzgerald, right? Yeah. That's, these are the things I've learned to say out <laughs> loud. 
Aaron Fitzavio or Aaron Fitzbadass.com, whatever you remember. But yeah, all the information should be there. And if it's not, message me on social media and tell me if there's something wrong with my website. Because <laughs> you know how those things happen. You don't pay attention to your website for a while and someone's like, hey, your website's not working. <gasps> what happened? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's happened to me a couple of times. <laughs> I try and check it as often as I possibly can now. Right, right. I'm trying to be proactive. So it's like, no, I must go and update it. Be a proactive person. But since quarantine, I've been quarantined for almost a year. I honestly, time means nothing anymore. <laughs> I don't I know how much time has gone by for anything. I'm like, oh, another month went by. It felt like a year, but it also felt really fast. So how did that, what is this thing that is time? I don't understand. I'm like, oh, am it's I in crazy. the 10th lockdown now or the second? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Well, I don't understand why there wasn't, there's more, multiple lockdowns. It's all been, for me, it's been an entire year of lockdown. Yeah. I have not deviated from the first lockdown. And the reason it's been this long is because people keep deviating from the first lockdown. Yeah, that's very it's true. They don't listen. It wouldn't have to be like this. But what am I going to do? I can't, I can't, I can't direct other people either. They don't <laughs> listen. I've been self-isolating for years, <laughs> let alone just recently. Yeah, this just was just an in, 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 uh, in addition to my to my yeah. already hermited becoming life. This was like the this, I, what my favorite part of quarantine was like getting the permission to not have to leave the house. <laughs> I'm like perfect. I this suits me just fine, and I don't think after quarantine lifts that much is going to change. Like. Very little will change. I probably am not going to ever be social like again, ever. Yes, I uh, because I, I've learned that, um, guess what? I don't have to be. The most social I want to be is online, through streaming, through social media. That is the most social I want to be. Yeah. The rest will be just one-on-one -on -one meeting humans I love in real life. Just one-on-one. -on -one. No more large groups for me. I'm done. <laughs> same, pretty much same. <laughs> I love that we've all been validated. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's honestly truth there. <laughs> yeah, and the people who had to go into offices that now it's proven they we don't have to actually do that. So yeah. maybe we would work better if we didn't do that and stopped forcing us into work scenarios where we all have to be crammed into the same space. How about we don't do that anymore? Because guess what? We don't have to. Yeah, miracles of miracles <laughs> do, you proven think that. Change? do you think we'll be able to keep some of the good bits afterwards oh, probably not probably not maybe maybe though maybe if we all stand strong and say yeah i'm just gonna do this from home now thank you yeah is there is there anyone who's inspired you into becoming a voice actress in the past or well it's never been i mean voice acting wasn't an actual thing it was just acting behind a microphone. So, um, yeah, it just actors, right? A yeah. Actors inspire me. Character actors specifically. Um, Carol Burnett was a huge inspiration. Carol Burnett, uh, Bernadette Peters, Madeline Kahn, Lucille Ball, Robin Williams, Whoopi Goldberg, um, uh, Peter Sellers. <laughs> golly he was good uh, you know Monty Python all the comedy you know kids in the hall uh, I, yeah character actors character actors there's so many though isn't that to, like, there really is list. the list goes on and 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 on yeah definitely one of my favorite Canadian actresses that I would go to the theater to see. I wonder if I can remember her name now. What was her name? Nope. As soon as I tried to pull her up, the name deleted. <laughs> I used to go and see her. And if, if she was in a show, I would follow her all around the province just to, just to watch her work. She was so good. I don't remember her name anymore. That's how old I am. 
crash and burn. We'll, we'll just uh, blame it on lockdown because you haven't seen her for a while. <laughs> well, I haven't seen her for well over 25, 30 years. So I feel like that's a good reason. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, uh, yeah, it has been a long time. Um, yeah, there's just so many. There really are. There really are. The, the world is filled with brilliant talent. Definitely. If you could voice another character from another series, who would it be and why? I would never do that. Why? I, that is a, I don't understand why people ask that question. Everyone does, too. Everyone asks if you could voice another. I, I would not voice another character from another series. That doesn't make sense to me. I didn't create that <laughs> character. Yeah. Why would I want to imitate or remotely try to imitate someone else's performance when it's the soul of that actor that went into the character that made me love the character in the first place. I love Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia. I have no oh. desire to be Princess Leia. Uh, yeah. you know, like to, I mean, I could be her in my imagination in my living room playing it out, pretending, but I'm really pretending that I'm Carrie Fisher. <laughs> yeah. Let's be real. I want to be Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia. And, and like Shelby Young, who plays Princess Leia now, who does a bang on Carrie Fisher impression, like she nails it. She ha brings a different spirit and soul to the character that I absolutely adore and love. And I can't even imagine the difficulty of having to tackle a role like that. Like that just, that's a nightmare situation to me. That does not, that is not something I dream about or would want to do. I don't want to take over an, another role that's already been hugely established. I want to be the first person in a role that becomes that becomes a, a, a cultural movement. Yeah. So no, I have no desire to do that. <laughs> I'm crossing that off my questions from now on <laughs> to other actresses and actors. <laughs> other people might have. Maybe they have an answer. I don't know. I'm sure other people. I I know other actors must answer that question because that question comes up all the time. So they, yeah. they there must be people who are like, I know what I want. But uh, remind me not to um, work with those people. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> like they're after me. They're after me. They want my job. <laughs> I respect actors too much to want to take their jobs from them. Yeah. So uh, next question is, how can someone work in the public maintain their mental well-being in your own opinion? Wow, what a great question. Say it one more time so I can soak it in. That's right. This is... Uh, how can someone working in the public maintain their mental well-being, in your own opinion? <laughs> Immediately what comes up is like, have I been able to maintain my mental well-being? I'm not sure. Uh, well, that, that, do I know anybody who's doing it well? Let me think. That would be <laughs> my answer see. too, not going to lie. Um, that is a, dude, that is such a great question. I think it setting boundaries is a huge part of it. Um, it was easier back in the day because nobody, the public didn't have access to you, yeah. right? So if you're an actor, you just did your job, went home, had a normal life. Nobody knew who you were. Uh, nobody, ha and even if they did know who you were, they couldn't get a hold of you in any way, shape, or form. So you were safe, and it wasn't a big deal. Um, like when I started this job excuse me, this job behind the microphone, nobody paid attention to anybody behind the microphone. Yeah. Nobody. It was an anonymous job. I did not, for my entire life, I did not know that Papa Smurf wasn't Papa Smurf, that it was some actor behind a microphone. It didn't yeah. even occur to me. I assumed Papa Smurf was real. I assumed that the, you know, the Justice League was real. I did not... <laughs> It didn't occur to me there were actors involved at all. Not even up until the day someone said you should be working in cartoons and I didn't understand what they meant because it didn't occur to me that there were actors involved. And that's the that's the privilege I got being a Gen Xer in this industry where I actually got to experience what it was like to truly believe the characters you were watching and think they were real because there just wasn't so much of it. Like it wasn't an overwhelming bombardment of content that 
you were so desperate for content. My generation was so desperate for content. We would watch the same things over and over again on like VHS tapes that we had taped it just in the nick of time. And we were missing the first five minutes. And because (laughs) that was the all we, that's all we could have. I mean, I chased the movie Rock and Rule for decades because it was my favorite movie. I'd only seen it once. I didn't know how to see it again. And I loved it. And I, I was, and I still have the songs memorized. Um, and now you can just stream it. Uh, but at the (laughs) time, so, so all of that stuff was uh, a big part of it. Um, so when it was a definitely a shock to the system to start working and realizing that people want, gave a crap about what I did and gave a crap about, you know, reaching out. And I was like, Whoa, at first it was really flattering. And that's the danger right there. The danger the danger of the mental health thing become is is happen was when you first starting to get popular. That's where all the damage is done. Um, when you first start getting popular, um, there's a lot of illusions we have in our mind about what fame is <clears throat> that fame might bring um, a- abundance or wealth which it does not always do. Yeah. Um, in very many cases, that's an illusion as well. Um, and it doesn't bring joy or happiness. It just brings a lot more messages in your inbox. Um, and messages in your inbox do not translate to money either, surprisingly. No. no. <laughs> so so uh, it, it, I think the way to maintain balance, well, friends and family. Um, I put friends first because a lot of people have families that are not supportive or loving or kind. Yeah. Um, if you're lucky enough to have a family that's supporting, loving and kind, then family, if not, even the, the friends you have chosen to become your family, become your support system. And it's really important to have fam- friends who are family that have nothing to do with the industry. Uh, I majority of the people closest to me are not industry related at all. And they could give a poop about what I do for a living. <laughs> they don't <laughs> care. Um, and when they do see something, they're like, Oh yeah. Okay. They don't get it. Um, so my ego, is, I'm humbled on a regular basis. Uh, <laughs> Cause I'm just me with them. I'm just me. I'm not what I do. Because I think what happens is your ego starts thinking that what you do for a living is who you are. And, and it isn't what you do isn't who you are. It's just something you do. Who you are is who you are. What is that old saying? I am that I am. And Popeye, I am that I am. (laughs) I am what I am. But it is, um, the you-ness that is you exists outside of what you do, what you look like, um, where you go, how much money you have, you would exist regardless. You standing in the middle of a forest is still you. Yeah. And that's what I'm always trying to get back to is that, that, that meanness, that I, what do I need? Um, not what the public needs from me, uh, not what the job needs from me. Um, I think the, hardest thing for me on this journey was the not even so much the public because the public I was always able to manage by just being myself and um, connecting with people individually I'm an individual connect so I like conventions where I sit at a table and one person at a time comes up and I can connect with people and and I know that they're not there really to see me they're there to talk about our mutual pre appreciation for an IP that I worked on that they're a fan of. Um, And that, that mentality really helped me very much too. So I never made it about myself. So I, and I did see people at conventions that made it about themselves. Like somehow they were the IP and I'm like, you know, you were just an actor hired for that, right? (laughs) (laughs) Somebody else came up with the idea and you helped birth a character but really you were hired, you're a hired gun. It took a team to make the IP. Um, but that's my, my theater training, right? That's where theater training is such an important deal because you learn that, that we mentality, that group mentality, that let's work yeah. together mentality, which is really important when you're working anywhere on any job for any reason. Absolutely. 
I think that works really well. But yeah, so what really became a challenge for me was the, once I started booking regularly, was chasing that high, was chasing that feeling of like, oh my God, I got to give them what they want. And what happened was for a period of time, I completely um, disrespected myself and was constantly looking to try to satisfy um, producers and directors. So I, I had disconnected from my own craft, disconnected from what would, would make me happy in creating characters because I was so busy just doing what they wanted. So when an audition would come in, I would just hurry, I would read it and I would try, oh, what do they want? What do they want? What do they want? And that became my mantra for quite some time. What do they want? Oh, I know exactly what they want. And then that's how you get you get um, ca caught in like getting cast as the same thing over and over again, because you think they want what you've already done over and over again. And you, it's soul crushing. It's really soul crushing um, from a creative standpoint. I mean, my my bank account was doing brilliantly, but my spirit was dwindling because I didn't uh I was beginning I didn't understand how actors got bitter and angry I thought it was because they weren't working yeah turns out it's because you're working so much that you aren't you well you're working so much and giving away so much of yourself without honoring yourself so what I learned the hard way was how to say start saying no to jobs to so I started saying no to working with people that were toxic, that didn't honor my craft, that didn't honor me as an actor um, or honor not just me, but I could see they disrespect other actors tremendously. And yeah. uh, and I started saying no to those studios. I'm going, oh, so that hurt the pocketbook, but I got a piece of myself back. Then I started doing things like creating characters for myself, for my heart first, and then applying them to auditions. Um, and then that started booking me in new creative bookings. And, and it proved to me that I didn't have to stick to the tropes. I didn't have to stick to what I thought they wanted. I could create something original and new for myself and it would still be bookable. And in some cases end up, um, you know, really uh, surprising people. Um, and it was always the gem directors along the way the gem directors who would stop me in my middle of, let me give you what you want, who would stop me and be like, well, what do you want to do? And they, so the, I did have angels along the way reminding me to connect with my craft, reminding me to get back to my roots. But um, yeah, it took a definite burnout from just a, a ridiculous period of time with so much work where I realized that the next time I go into a period of, <clears throat> of that much work, I want to have greater control over what I choose to put out, how I do it. And I want to, I want to connect it to my craft so that I am enjoying it the way I have always enjoyed it and love it the way I've always loved it. And if anybody I work with makes me feel like I'm not loving it now, it doesn't mean that it doesn't, isn't hard. Like, a good job can challenge you and really break you down and have you, you know, things can get sucky on the job, but it doesn't mean I, I don't love that part too. Right. I love the process of the creation and the harder it is, you know, the more you grow, but yeah. definitely I, I didn't want to be putting out fast food acting. I, uh, and which, which was being demanded of me by the studios that were kind of abusing the craft and, and they, they were the studios that, assisted in breaking my spirit but when you break your spirit you can get reborn so it worked out it works out so i've heard a lot about <clears throat> in hollywood word gets around i've heard this saying quite a lot is that true yeah really yeah it is yep oh yes if you are talking smack um yeah, it'll, people will find out. I know all the dirt that people have said about me behind my back. It gets back to you. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Which means that anything you say would get back to it. So, like, I learned very early on to shut my mouth and keep my opinion to myself. 
and not just anybody. If somebody's talking smack to you about someone else, trust and believe they're talking smack about you to someone else. Yeah. So I learned that. Yeah. Don't trust gossips. Don't trust the gossip. Don't trust the gossips. They will gossip. I'd get really paranoid if it was me. Oh, I mean, I'm a paranoid person anyway. I always think, oh, is someone talking about me, etc., etc. So that would be, that wouldn't be very good on my mental health. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Uh, let's have a look, see what's got next. So, um, if like someone who was going to go into voice acting and, and acting in general was looking for an agent or someone to get auditions or etc., would you recommend? them looking for one at the start or doing a couple of projects first and then looking for one i i don't know i feel like i um i always feel ill prepared to answer what somebody's process should be i i really believe that everybody everybody needs to just follow their intuition of what will work for them yeah. uh i don't know where you're gonna learn from for all I know, someone someone jumps right into a job and, you know, learns the hard way and you'll still learn. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what will work. I mean, it, it regardless, no matter what happens, you're going to have to have tenacity. You're going to have to build a thick skin. Yeah. Um, if you choose to jump into trying to book work right away, then no, there's going to be some embarrassing moments where you're going to, you know, suck. People are going to say that you suck and then you have to bounce back from sucking, which happens a lot because a lot of people jump in to this professionally before they're ready. And then they have to go through the growing pains of being labeled terrible for years until they get better and prove themselves. But here's what I love about those actors, because first of all, that takes a lot of, a lot of courage to do it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, but it takes more courage to see it through. It takes more courage to go back to the drawing board, to take the classes, to get better, to hone your craft and to dive right back in. And, uh, there's been so many actors that have had to do that because they, they just jumped in without any training beforehand and they they have become quite successful. So there's no wrong way to do it. Um, the emotional toll that I've seen doing it that way, I don't know if it was worth it, but they didn't know what they didn't know. You know, how, how do you know what you don't know? Yeah. Um, I'm a big advocate for, you know, work where you are. If there's improv classes where you are, theater school, drama classes, work where you are, work with whatever's around you. The universe is providing for you what you were born or placed in a city for a particular reason. Use that city, you know, trust that the universe has put you there. So use that city, use those resources, learn, become better, um, grow. I was in Canada in like small towns all across Canada before I moved to Los Angeles and I didn't even move to Los Angeles to become an actor. I thought I was going to give up acting because I thought there was no way I could compete with the Los Angeles talent. I followed a boy here. Oh, (laughs) shameful. It didn't work out, (laughs) but I'm still here. So if it weren't for that guy, I would have never come here. And so that worked out for me ultimately. Um, but it was a lot of hard work and I had to start from scratch as well. And I had to go back to the drawing board as well. And I feel like my entire personality was ripped apart and there was tremendous depression and I bounced back from it. But I feel like that's most lives, whether you're an actor or not, that's just real life. It's part of being human and there's going to be lessons. Nothing is a cakewalk. It is a giant school of learning how you choose to approach it. I don't think there can be a wrong way. I don't think there can be. I've heard so many, I mean, a lot of actors my age have my story and have done it my way, but we didn't have all the technology at our fingertips that y'all have. We didn't have all the access. We didn't have access to actors who were already doing this. Those actors were not talking to people like us. It was a huge cast system within the industry. And now everybody's accessible. I'm on a podcast with you talking about it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Things are different now. So, um, and what your career might look like 
may not be what my career looks like because what I'm doing may no longer exist in two years. You understand? Like yeah. the entire industry is changing. Um, so you may be able to work. Uh, the, the pandemic is changing things. You work from home on something that gives you great joy, that is still acting, that um, becomes famous for different reasons, that isn't tied to Los Angeles. Like I feel who knows what's to come. Um, follow your heart. Trust your intuition. And but also know that we all are looking to get better at this. And it's a craft and you have to work at it. You can't just assume you're great because someone told you you have a good voice. That is not acting. That is just a sound quality. Well, <laughs> one of my questions is going to be, um, is it important to move to LA? But you obviously answered that saying, no, it's not, it's not like important, sorry, to move to no, LA. Because you can do it all from home. It depends on what your goals are. It depends on what your goals are. Um, Every city has different things to offer. I know that I acted in every city I lived in in Canada. I acted. Why? Because I had no choice. I love acting. I was going to find a way to act. I didn't care. And I did. I found jobs that paid me to act all the time, wherever I was. It's not that hard. If you really look at it, you've got like historical interpretation. You've got theme parks. You've got... um uh, uh what are those escape houses now like the, yeah. you've got you've got books on tape you've got narration you've got commercials you've got promos the, there are thousands upon thousands upon thousands of ways to act locally i mean local television stations local radio stations uh there's always local stuff in whatever city you live in anywhere around the world there there are places that need actors constantly uh, music videos were a big thing when I was in the 80s. I, I remember I, were, I, was, I was like in music videos, like classic cheesy <laughs> music <laughs> videos. That was that was in beer commercials. I didn't care. I was like, pay me to act. Yes, I'm in. I will do it. I will act. I love acting. Whatever it is that you, it doesn't matter where you are. If you're not doing it where you are, it's unlikely that if you move to LA, you'll start doing it here, if that makes sense. Yeah, you got to yeah. do it where you are first. If you're doing it where you are, and then it becomes a nat natural progression for you to move, maybe not Los Angeles, maybe you move to Texas, maybe you move to New York, Toronto, Vancouver, uh, wherever you move, you know, it'll, it'll, it should be to a place that feels like the next organic, natural step from what you're already doing what you're already doing. If you're not already doing it, then the doors aren't going to open anyway. Yeah. There's, there's a saying, isn't the, the uh, where there's a will, there's a way, as they say. I don't know if you've heard that saying before. My mom always says it. Yes, exactly. No, it's so true. Absolutely, it's true. Um, my support worker's been trying to get me uh, radio work for, for ages now and but we've emailed loads of radio stations and they keep saying no or I haven't heard a reply back from them. And my support worker turned around the other day and says, why don't you just do a radio station yourself? I was like, yeah, it's possible. I love that. Of course it is. Of course it is. And, it ju and just because something starts off small doesn't mean it doesn't end up somewhere big, you know? Yeah. There's so many things. Like when I first recorded League of Legends, it was an indie game. We were all doing a favor at getting paid garbage rates for this little indie game. Nobody would have guessed it would be where it is. So massive. Yes. Yeah, so massive. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. You don't know. Another great example Critical Role. Those guys were literally playing in their house every weekend with each other and posting it on Facebook. So they took that, something they had been doing for years together, and decided to put it in the public eye. Who would have guessed it blew up like that? Yeah. They were just, they didn't create that out of nothing. They were already doing it. You understand? Yeah. I, there might be something people are already doing that they dis they're disrespecting because it's not getting the attention or uh, the money. If you love doing it, just keep doing it. The, I play on Twitch. I play video games on Twitch. 
I have a tiny little Twitch channel, tiny little community. I don't play the play video games on Twitch for the money. I'm definitely not doing it for fame. I I just play on Twitch because I like doing it. Yeah. I like doing it. And somehow it gets a little bit bigger every year and people come and hang out, but I don't expect anything from it. I know I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to be playing video games anyway. I might as well do it streaming. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's, that's, that's where smart. I'm starting with that. I've been doing it for four years. It has not grown into, I don't, I don't bleed my voice acting career into it much. You know, I'm not like playing games that I'm in. I'm not doing all of that. And so mine's a nice, small, happy community. And it's the way I want it. it it's literally the, the way I wanted it. It's exactly what I wanted. So I don't know. I feel like people misinterpret that they need to have a huge following or they have to be famous or uh, a partner or verified to, to feel better. I, I promise you that none of those things make you better at what you do. Yeah. And none of those things guarantee you're going to have an income. Um, might as well just have fun with what you're doing with the people who are showing up and supporting you. Don't disrespect the people who are already there and already supporting you. That is your foundation and your community. Support your community. Support the people in your community. Support what they're doing in their dream. Collaborate with the people who are already showing up for you. The universe has already brought the people to you that, that the universe wants you to be working with. Work with them. Don't be looking outside yourself for someone who's better, who might open a door for you, who might give you a big break. That's an illusion. That doesn't exist. You're, 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 you have the creative power within yourself to build everything you actually want. So really, it becomes, what do you actually want? Because I can say, I want, uh, oh, I want to, I want to be making so much money, I can buy a big mansion. Well, guess what? Here's, here's a little secret about me. I don't want a big mansion. I've never wanted a large house. I don't even want to own property. I never have wanted that. Not really. I don't, I, I like small, con, con, I, not, I know exactly what I like to live in. I don't want to be at big. I don't want it to be bigger or smaller. I know exactly the size that works for me. That makes me happy. So I am learning that I have to be honest with myself about what makes me happy. And as I've gotten to experience the other side of the looking glass, yeah. I realize, and I've, I've seen the things that I thought would make me happy and been like, yeah, that's BS. That doesn't make anybody happy. <laughs> that's just a misery pool of misery. Um, it always boils down to the people you love and the people that love you. I mean, that's as cheesy a thing to say, but it's, it's corny as bananas, but it's true. It's a universal truth. And I love that people have spent centuries trying to disregard it and pretend like it isn't a truth. And they go all around the world and even to the moon and back only to discover. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's the Wizard of Oz. Uh, the next time I go searching for my heart's desire, I won't search any further than my own backyard. Because <laughs> if it isn't here, I didn't lose it to begin with. Yeah. I've um verifications always been on my mind like ever since I joined Twitter and all my friends doesn't like, do well, anything yeah they, they too, doesn't do anything <laughs> I it doesn't my... change your life it doesn't multiply your 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 followers it doesn't no. do anything Veri the only thing verification for me was good was that there was a creepy person pretending to be me was impersonating me on Twitter with like horrific pornographic content oh, no and messaging way. people I knew and worked with as me with pornographic content. So the verification checkmark was only good in that, that instance sense, yeah. so to protect myself. That's it. <laughs> That's the only reason it was good was to protect myself. That's the only benefit to being verified is so that people know for sure, for sure that it is actually you. But other than that, there really is. It, I, I'm not verified on Instagram, nor do I give a crap. Yeah. I don't care. Aside to my I'm, not, I'm not a partner on Twitch. Not, I, they don't care. They don't care. <laughs> They're like, yeah. no, you're not a partner. Okay, that's fine. I'll live.
Especially, in, I feel like in these day and age, like they everyone says it might be important or it looks important, but like you've just said, nothing really. Oh, you just nailed it! It yeah. looks important. It yeah. isn't important, but it looks important. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll sit down with my therapist, and that's the first thing I mentioned when I got signed on to. I was like, "Oh, so I'm obsessed with Twitter verification. I've, I've, I've been scammed in the past." Because someone said they could get me verified into it, and I believed it. Like I was, I was so stupid, and she was like, "So, what is it? What 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 benefits to get out of it?" And then, as and I was like trying to come up with a list of things, and I honestly couldn't come up with anything. And she's like, "Exactly, right? Exactly, it means right. nothing, right?" And like, I've been trying exactly. to get that, I've been trying to get in that mentality for for ages now. When Twitter announced not long ago that I was going to bring it back, I keep keep checking Twitter. Is it back yet? Can it's I not worth it. No. It's not worth it. It genuinely doesn't mean anything. It really doesn't. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't. I ha there are people I know who are bigger voice actors than me that aren't verified because they also don't give a poop yeah <laughs> they don't care they don't <laughs> care they're like nobody if people don't believe it's me i don't care they figure it out for themselves it's not that dramatic so yeah it is an illusion and and you i don't know what it is that we think that it's going to be like um uh, it's i don't i don't know what it is because I remember when I, I got verified, I was so excited. I was like, this is it. This is it. This is the moment. And then yeah. it was like, nothing happened. It was no difference. <laughs> it didn't do anything. I'm like, well, what the, man, it's nothing. It doesn't mean anything. Except that the other people create the, what is it? The FOMO, right? It's, 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 Feel it's other it's people not, yeah. making you feel like you're missing out on something. Yeah. That's an illusion. Don't buy into what other people say or do because they're full of baloney. Yeah. They don't care about your best interests. If they're if they're trying to make you feel FOMO, they don't care about your best interests. Um, I saw someone's Twitter bar the other day that says, I don't know why I'm verified either. I was like, okay. <laughs> it's it's, oh, it's so really weird exactly exactly that's it it's not something to sweat over and it's definitely not a goal please don't make verification anybody's goal getting verified should not be a goal it really shouldn't getting work should be a goal yeah <laughs> paying your rent and your bills that's a goal that's definitely that's a, goal. a great goal <laughs> that's a that's a real goal that can make some real difference in your life it, you know, verification can be a just think of it as a side effect. It's a yeah. side effect of of people um being on your butt. When enough people are on your butt, they need to verify you because otherwise um things get hairy. <laughs> That's it. But you don't need. It's not where like honestly, it was a horrific two year period of this person impersonating me. It was that was not the way I wanted to be verified. Yeah, did that happen before or after it was verified? Yeah, it happened before I was verified. Oh, okay. And I believe I that they verified me because of that. Yeah. Like, that was the cause. Cause they, it was not worth it. There was, there was a way to apply in the, in the uh, past, but they closed it because too much, those very friendly people who were t extremists and things like that, and they stopped it. But then bringing it back now, Paul. Well, whenever that happens. Yes, exactly. So, um, lastly, uh, where can everyone find you? I know we've been chatting for over an hour now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I don't, don't uh, want to take up any more of your time. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Um, I, Aaron Fitzgerald on Twitter. Aaron Fitzbadass on Instagram, but I don't really use it so much anymore. Um, Aaron Fitzgerald on Twitch. Everything's on Twitch. My Discord link is on Twitch if you want to join my Discord. I have a Discord community, House of Misfits. The House of Misfits. A lovely bunch of people. Lovely it bunch is of people. a lovely bunch of people. It's it's um, Alphabet Mafia friendly. So um, please be alpha Alphabet Mafia friendly if you join the Discord. <laughs> <laughs> or you will be um, kicked out if you are toxic and not very friendly. Because we like the friendly peoples. Of course. Um, 
and I guess my website I've already pitched like bajillion times. So <laughs> that's it. I mean, I mean, you'll see my my work on Netflix. It's in your video game console. Um, yeah, I, everything's. I mean, I'm accessible. I'm accessible. So Aaron Fitzgerald Twitter is where I hang out the most in terms of the general public. And then if you want a more um, intimate conversations, the Discord. It's definitely more just a community. That's my community. My Discord is my community, and it's not a big community. It's a it's a nice um, a nice size, happy, not too many people community, which I like. When uh, what times do you stream on Twitch? When do you normally stream? I there is no normally because of my schedule because okay. i get called into work so randomly and you know i never know and also now that i'm coaching so much um it's been hard to predict uh and also of course whether or not my electronics are working so, <laughs> oh yeah so I, he was having usually, a problem. I usually stream at least once a week right now it's been on mondays but that can change in an instant and um yeah just i mean I, I post it on twitter and on discord the notifications of when i stream or you just follow me on twitch and get the emails but uh yeah thank you so much this was such a lovely interview i really had a good time I'm, I'm glad you did i'm glad you enjoyed it i enjoyed it too it was lovely speaking to you you're a f fantastic woman oh that's <laughs> that's very nice to say thank you so much